This daily grind, I need one wine. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. Every day of my life is such a grind. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grinded Podcast. Today we're going to try to finish up Acts chapter 19. And Acts chapter 19, uh, the part that we're going to start with today is Paul being in Ephesus. Uh, he's going to stay in Ephesus over the next two years and he's telling people about Jesus. He's, he's trying to grow the kingdom of God, which is you know what we're all about and what we should be doing as God's people, being washed in the blood of Jesus. We plant seed, we water seed, and it's God that brings the increase. Um, but I want you to listen to what Luke points out in Acts chapter 19, verses 11 and 12. Luke says that God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles when handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched his skin were placed on sick people. They were healed of their diseases and evil spirits were expelled. Now, when I read that passage, I'm sure, I'm almost positive that one of those commercials, you know, when you're up at one or two o'clock in the morning or three o'clock morning and you got the TV on because you can't sleep or whatever. And you and you see these preachers come on and they've got something to sell you. It's a prayer cloth or it's a little bottle of, you know, a little bottle of miracle water or whatever. They've got something to send you and it may be for free. But, buddy, let me tell you something. It, it ain't going to be for free because they're going to they're going to try to get all the money that they can out of you and um and i just want to say this first of all before we get into this if any preacher any christian any church leader whoever if they're asking you for money run run because the gospel is for free uh is salvation he's paid the price it's for free you you that you can't buy. Uh, there was a certain church in the 1500s that would sell indulgences so that your loved one would uh, get. Uh, they, if you paid enough and you bought this indulgence, they they would uh, speak to God on your behalf and, and and do you a favor and get your loved one into heaven. I mean, I don't I don't understand how people can come up with this stuff and how they do this stuff with a straight face. But let me tell you something. Paul never asked for a dime, not even a penny. And he, he, this guy was traveling all over his his world, all all over the place around his his area where he where he was born and raised, and and he he traveled hundreds and hundreds and thousands of miles in the name of Jesus, and he's taking the gospel his to these Jews and these Gentiles and to these unknown places, and and he is literally risking his life on a daily basis they're chasing him from city to city trying to kill him they've stoned him and they beat him and they're they're you know they hear that he's in this town so they go rushing over here and they chase him off and and that guy never asked for a penny from a church or a anybody uh, a jesus follower he made tents for a living and he would sell tents and and he would stay with other believers when he would travel to these places and 
And th these other believers, they would take care of his needs. But as far as I know, I don't think Luke ever records that Paul asked for any money during his ministry. Now, he had churches give him money, and he would take them, you know, like the famine that was happening in Jerusalem, and, and he would take the money and take it to the church who needed help because of the famine that was going on and things like that. But Paul, he, he, he never asked for money for himself. He knew that God was going to take care of his needs and he put his trust in God. So if, if a preacher is out there trying to sell you something and, 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 and like a, a prayer cloth or whatever, run. Run as fast as you can. The second thought that I have is this. If someone claims to be a miracle worker, be on guard and watch these people like a hawk. I'm serious. Be very leery of these people. I mean, seriously. How many times have you seen stuff like these tent crusades and gospel meetings, as they call them, where, where they say it's a healing service? Um, I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. In my opinion, those things are absolutely ridiculous because people go into these these tent meetings and these re revivals, you know, and, and, and gospel meetings and these healing services, they go into these things damaged and they come out damaged. And there's a reason for that because it's false advertisement. They build up people's hopes and, 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 and let me tell you something, they're going to pass that offering plate, buddy. Most of the time, if not every time, they're going to pass that offering plate and take your money. And you go, and after they got your money, you're going to leave more than likely, still damaged. And so the next thing you know, you're hearing that it's your fault because you have a lack of faith. And what happens is people will go to these things and they don't get healed and they, they think, well, something's wrong. But yeah, you, they, then they'll say, you, you just need more faith. You need more that, That's bull because the Bible tells us that God deals us a measure of faith. And in faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So our, God deals us a measure of faith and we grow that faith, yes. But God, we're, we're not being healed because of a lack of faith. Dead people don't have faith. And yet dead people come up out of the ground. It's because of the power of God. It's because of what God chooses to do. It's not because of some wacko faith a guy or woman trying to claim that they're a, 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 a healer and they can do miraculous things. No, it's because God chooses to do so. Um, so just be, be leery of these people and don't get discouraged if you go to one of these things and you don't get healed and, 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 and don't give up on God because nothing is wrong with you. Nothing is wrong with your faith. Your faith is in God. Your faith is in Jesus and and just continue your walk with Christ. And, and here's the deal. If God chooses to heal you at some point, praise God. He can do that. I'm not saying that God doesn't heal people today because God can do whatever He wants to. He's God. He is sovereign. The good definition of the sovereignty of God is God is God and, and we're not. And thank the Lord that He is sovereign. And he can do whatever he wants to. We don't put God in a box and we don't say that God doesn't heal because he does heal. And miracles do happen. They happen all the time. 
But I'm just saying, if people, are, if you know people that are out there claiming to be uh, miracle workers and and and, and these uh, selling these handkerchiefs like, uh, like Paul and, and you know and, and things like that, be leery of these people. And here's why I say that because Paul was an apostle. But let me back up just for a second. I'm going to reread what Luke said. Luke said. In Acts 19, 11, 12, that God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. When handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched his skin were placed on sick people, they were healed of their diseases and evil spirits were expelled. The reason why that happened was because Paul was an apostle. To be an apostle of God, one had to, be, had to have been personally called by Christ taught by him directly for several years, as Paul would be, and seen him alive after his resurrection. And I get that from Acts chapter 1, verses 17 through 25. Read it for yourself. Now, Paul wasn't there like the, the original 12 disciples, in, in, including Matthias in Acts chapter 1, because Judas went out and hung himself, so they had to replace Judas, and that God chose Matthias to do so. But they lay out, this is what has to happen. If somebody wants to be an apostle, they have to follow this criteria. Well, Paul wasn't there for any of that. He, he was a Pharisee, and he was studying under, the, under Gamaliel and hanging out in the synagogues. But he did have a special encounter with Jesus in Acts chapter 9, right? And Paul, he, you know, he has a conversation with Jesus. Jesus gives him a special mission. He says, you know, you're going to go into the Gentiles. You're going to be persecuted for my name's sake. So Paul had an encounter with Jesus. And Paul even says himself in Galatians chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, that he is an apostle of Jesus Christ. And this is what he says. He says, this letter is from Paul, an apostle. I was not appointed by any group of people or any human authority, but by Jesus Christ himself and by God the Father who raised Jesus from the dead. That's why I'm an apostle. Because Jesus literally knocked me off my horse and shined his light around me and talked to me and said, why are you persecuting me? And I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus, the one you're persecuting. Now stop it and get up and you're going to be a, 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 a disciple for me. You're, you're, going to, you're going to be on a mission for me. I'm giving you a, a new purpose in life, Paul, and, and you need to get with it. You're going to tell the Gentiles about me. And so here's Paul saying in Galatians 1 that he's an apostle and he was given this uh, authority by Jesus Christ himself and by God the Father. So when one reads the book of Acts, they see it is the apostles who are doing the miracles because they are giving the power to do so. Any of the apostles, now listen to me and get this, any of the apostles, those 12 and Paul, they had the ability to pass that healing power on, the power of the Holy Spirit, by laying their hands on someone. Uh, that person then could also work miracles like Philip did. Uh, when he went down to Samaria and he's preaching Jesus, he's working miracles to back up the message of Jesus. However, 
Philip could not pass on that miracle working power like the apostles can. The apostles had the miracle working power. They were full of the Holy Spirit and with and power. They could lay hands on people and pass that power on. They could work miracles like Philip, but they could not pass it on. So once the apostles died, there wasn't any way to pass that power on to other people. They could not work the miracles. They could not pass that power to work miracles on to other people. So those who had been given the power by the apostles when they were alive could still work miracles, but when they died, so did the true, in quotation mark, miracles. And I want to re-clarify something that I said a while ago. I'm not saying God can't work miracles because God absolutely can still work miracles and he does still work miracles. He is God. He can do whatever he wants to. He can think of a thought. He, he can say a word. I mean, he, he formed the creation in six days and just by speaking words. He is all-powerful. He's omnipotent. He can do whatever he wants to. God is not in a box. And I'm not saying that miracles do not happen because they do happen. But what I am saying is that these clowns today claim that they have the miracle working power are false teachers. And you better beware. Because you'll get your hopes up and they will be crushed. And what you'll find yourself doing is being discouraged and getting your eyes off of Jesus. So be careful. That's all I'm saying. Be careful because these people don't have the miracle working power because if they did every miracle that they performed would happen and that's simply not the case it doesn't work like that i've been to countless of these crusades and gospel meetings and revivals and these people are praying on people and pushing them down and all this kind of stuff and they're claiming that they're healed and they're not it's false advertisement, and it's giving Jesus a black eye. We have to be careful, and that's all I'm saying. And when we come back from break, we'll dig into something else. But we'll be right back. I've seen memes on social media that read something like this. Uh, they would say, life would be awesome if it weren't for other people. Well, you know, maybe you have that same thought. Maybe somebody has made you angry or, or maybe a group of people have made you angry or hurt you in some kind of way and you're having a real hard time dealing with it. Well, let me encourage you to read Psalm 27. In verses 1 through 3, David says, The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I'm attacked, <clears throat> I will remain confident. So when someone has hurt you or made you angry, here's what we need to do. We need to take them and the situation before the Lord. In fact, pray to the Lord that he will bless them and that he will give you peace. Don't try to handle the situation all alone and make a mess of things. Give it to God and let him help you with it. And David ends Psalm 27 by saying, Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. So 
coming back from break, let me let me um, jump back into this uh, uh, topic just for a second. These miracle workers. Look, I I have prayed for dead people to come alive, and it didn't happen. They they were dead, gone. I've watched them be put in body bags and taken out and put into an ambulance and then put into a ground and I had to preach their funeral. Yet I have prayed for people and I have seen healings. I have seen miracles. I'm sure you have too. So I'm not going to say that God does not work miracles because he does and he is God and he can do whatever he wants to. But just because I prayed for somebody and they were healed or a miracle happened does not make me a miracle worker. So just be careful uh, when people say, you know, that they can do like Paul and they pass out these claws and these prayer claws and these little vials of water or whatever. And especially if they're asking for money, run, 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 run. And if what they're teaching does not line up with the Word of God, run as fast as you can and find you a Bible-believing church that will teach you the Word of God more accurately. Uh, let me let me uh, explain. Uh, let me explain it to you like this: We have something far greater than what Paul had, what the apostles had. Uh, what the Christians had. I mean, you got to think these, these guys were doing it uh, like the, uh, if I could say it like this, they were doing it blindly. Um, they they did not have a Bible. They didn't have a book that they could open to this, you know, Acts chapter one or Luke chapter three or First uh, Corinthians chapter. They didn't have any of that. They they did have the Old Testament. And they had what the prophets said, and they were, but they 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 used that to point people to Jesus, and, and they would use uh, what the the uh, uh, prophets said in the Old Testament, and then they would use these miracles to back up their message. That's what the purpose of miracles were for, and and, and they would uh, do all these things to back up their claim that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. We don't need those anymore because we have the Word of God. But hey, if God wants to work a miracle to back up the claims from what He says in His Word, awesome. I'm all for it. Here's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13. uh, uh, This is taken uh, out of 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, Love never fails. And this is the love chapter, right? And this is toward the end of it. He says, love never fails, but if there are gifts of prophecy, guess what? They will be done away with. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away with. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away with. The perfect here is not Jesus. Jesus has already come died on the cross, was resurrected, and ascended back to the Father. Paul is not talking about Jesus. The word perfect here in the Greek is, the tense is neuter. It is a thing. A book is a thing. The Bible is a book which is a thing. 
And the Bible is perfect. It's flawless. It's the absolute perfection. It is the Word of God. God breathed. God inspired these words. He allowed these men and women to write these words, pin them down, so it would be preserved for us, so that we can know all about God. We can know the history of His people and how they ushered the Messiah into the world and how He died on the cross for our sins. He was buried in a tomb for three days and He was resurrected and He ascended back to God in heaven and He has sent down the Holy Spirit to fill His people so that the Holy Spirit would guide them and we have His Word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The Bible will never fail you. It will never let you down. It has the answer for any situation that you are going through in life. It can all be found in the Bible, God's Word. And so Luke says that God gave Paul the ability to work these miracles because he was an apostle he had seen Jesus on the road to Damascus. He had had a conversation with Jesus. And he gave his life to serving him on a daily basis. He was an apostle. A real, true apostle. And not by title only. I see these people today calling themselves apostles. Apostles so-and-so. That, that's a joke, man. They're making a mockery of scripture because they are not an apostle. They have never seen Jesus in any form or fashion. You know? So, it, it, this, this, this kind of reminds me of Peter uh, earlier in the book of Acts when the people would lay out their sick on the streets and Peter would walk by and just by his shadow passing over these people, they were healed. You know, their, 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 their sicknesses were gone. And, and, and I just want to reiterate that only an apostle had that kind of power. And the apostles are all gone. They died a long time ago. And only the apostles could lay their hands on someone and pass the power, that kind of power, the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit to work miracles. Only the apostles could pass those, that power on to somebody by laying on their hands. And once the apostles died off and those other people that they laid their hands on died off, it died off. That power was gone. The Holy Spirit is still here. The Holy Spirit still works in people's lives. The Holy Spirit still fills us. But we have the Word of God. And that's all we need. And we either believe it or we don't believe it. We either have faith or we don't have faith. So, Luke gives us an example of these, these, these people, even back in Paul's day uh, in Ephesus. He says, A group of Jews was traveling from town to town, Casting out evil spirits, and they try to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantation, saying, I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out. See, it's not who I preach, or it's, I, I, don't, I don't command you to come out in the name of Jesus because I don't know Jesus for myself. So they're having to use the authority of Jesus on behalf of Paul. I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out. And then Luke even tells us who's doing this stuff. Seven sons of Sceva and a leading priest were doing this. But one time when they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus and I know Paul. I don't know who you are. 
And then the man with the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them. This is a group of people now. One man with an evil spirit leaps on them, overpowers them, attacks them with such violence that they fled from the house naked and battered. He beat the crap out of them and stripped them of their clothes because of that demon who overpowered them. Because they came in not knowing who Jesus is for themselves. They wasn't washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. They, weren't, they were not filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. They just came in the name of Jesus by whom Paul preaches. And they got their butts whooped. They got their butts whooped. And they ran out of that house naked. Luke says in verse 17, The story of what happened spread quickly all through Ephesus to Jews and to Greeks alike. A solemn fear descended on the city, and the name of the Lord was greatly honored. And many people, or many who became believers, confessed their sinful practices, and a number of them who had been practicing sorcery brought their incantation books and burned them at public bonfire. And the value of the books was around seven, several millions of dollars. So the message about the Lord spread widely and had a profound, a powerful effect. So all, I'm, all I want to say is this. Beware of imposters. Stick to the real deal. Stick to Jesus. And no matter what you're dealing with, it's going to be fine. Because he'll take care of you. He may not heal you. We'll pray for you to be healed. And God may heal you, but he may not heal you. That's his decision. But here's the deal. If he does not choose to heal you, we're not going to give you some false hope and say, hey, come to this uh, miracle uh, healing service. You know, whatever. No, I'm not going to do that. But I will say I will pray for you and I will pray for your healing. You can email me at thegrindedpodcast at gmail.com and tell me, what you need healed of, and I will pray for you to be healed, and I will pray that God uh, intercedes on your behalf and does heal you, and hopefully He will. But I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm going to guarantee you a healing because I can't do that. I can't guarantee you salvation in Jesus Christ. I can't guarantee you uh, a, a better hope. I can't guarantee you a heaven because of the blood of Jesus Christ. I can't guarantee you you will be filled with the Holy Spirit who will help you walk on a daily basis with Jesus no matter what you're going through in life. And if that's you today, you need to give your life to Jesus Christ and be filled with God's Holy Spirit. I pray that you would do so and, and find somebody that would baptize you in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. Because that was in the last podcast that we, we talked about. So I want to finish up real quick. Uh, with Acts chapter 19 because uh, there's this guy named Demetrius who owns a business in the city and he makes idols for a living and, and in particular he makes an idol of the Greek goddess Artemis and Artemis was the goddess of chastity, uh, hunting, wild animals, forests, childbirth, and fertility and uh, and so what happens is he notices, since Paul's been in Ephesus for a little over two years now, uh, he noticed that his business is declining. And one thing I've learned in life is that you don't mess with people's money. Because when you mess with people's money, they, 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 they're like a bunch of hornets that just got ran over with a lawnmower. They get angry and they want to come out stinging and hurting people. And, uh, and so... Uh, Demetrius uh, goes to some other business people and he 
he raises a ruckus and makes them aware of what's going on because Paul's been here preaching this Jesus. You know, people are turning away from from Artemis and 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 they're not buying our idols or our statues anymore, and so we're losing money. And and so uh, in Acts nineteen twenty eight through thirty eight, you can read that on your own. But these people. Uh, they start a riot and they go to the amphitheater and they drag some Christians to the amphitheater because they can't get their hands on Paul. And and, and so uh, they were going to do harm to uh, these Christians. And so they're at the amphitheater. Uh, Luke says that a lot of them don't even know why they're there. You got one group yelling this and you got another group yelling this. You got another group yelling this. It is, it is nothing but chaos and confusion. And it goes on for hours and hours until the mayor uh, gets finally gets up and, and, and gets everybody to calm down. And, and then you know he, he makes a few statements and he says, Hey, look, if y'all don't calm down, you're going to get Rome's attention and we're going to get in trouble. And we don't want Rome meddling in our business. So calm down. You know everything's going to be okay. Uh, we know that uh, our team has uh, fell down from heaven anyway, and so this will all pass over. Uh, just go on home. And so they they finally go home. But one of the things that I want to end up uh, this podcast with was, uh, and you can read that in, in Acts nineteen for yourself, but. All this confusion that was going on, it was created by this businessman who was losing money. He had stirred up a hornet's nest trying to uh, discredit Paul and Paul's message because he was losing money. And what I want to end today with is this. The enemy causes chaos. That's what he does because when chaos happens, panic happens, fear happens, all this stuff that's not good begins to take place. And what happens is our focus gets off of Jesus and onto this stuff that is going on, all this chaos and confusion. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, 33, that God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. God is a God of peace. Jesus is the Prince of peace. The enemy is the one who creates confusion, and chaos. God's plans are specific. And God brings peace. God's plans are detailed. They are easy to follow. There's nothing chaotic about following Jesus Christ. And if your life is in a bunch of mess, shambles, chaos, you're living in fear, you're you, you, you're living in doubt. You're living in all this anxiety. You're living in all this worry. That's not of God. Because God is a God of peace. He is a God of order. He is not a God of confusion. And so, uh, if your life is full of chaos, I pray that you would turn your eyes to Jesus. And if you're going through just the darkest of storms right now. Think of an airplane pilot who's flying their plane. They can't see anything because of these dark clouds. They're going through a thunderstorm or whatever, and they can't see. So they have to rely on their gauges to get them to where they're going. 
And if the pilot doesn't know how to read gauges, they're screwed. And so the pilot that knows how to read the gauges, they can't see where they're going, so they rely on what their gauges are telling them, and they've punched their coordinates in, and they're, they're flying to their destination, and they're going through this storm until eventually they come to clear skies, and they can, once again, see uh, all the things that are around them, and they can see where they're going. But they had to rely on the gauges to get them through the storm. Well, we have gauges because we have God, we have Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit, and we have God's Word, the Bible. And we have to study the gauges because we have to know how to use our gauges because life is full of storms. Life can be chaotic at times. It can be full of chaos. It can be full of misery. It can be full of fill in the blank. And there are times in our lives, even when our faith, it just seems to not do us any good. And we pray prayers and we say, we feel like God is not even listening to us. So we have to rely on the gauges until that storm passes and we are brought back into peace. And we can see all around us. And we know where we're going. But how well do you know the gauges? Are you studying God's word and keeping your faith and your eyes on Jesus? Or are you letting the chaos and confusion just, just quench your fire? Quenching your faith. That's what we're here for with the Grinded Podcast. We're here to help you study the gauges, to know the gauges, to keep your eyes on the gauges when you're going through a life challenge, when a storm is brewing, and when you're flying through that storm. To not give up, but to keep going, to keep grinding. And if we can help you in any way, if we can pray for you in any way about anything, please contact us at the grinded podcast at gmail.com god bless you and keep grinding thank you for joining us today on the grinded podcast please feel free to share this podcast with your friends and your family so that they too can be encouraged by the power of god's word if you have any comments or questions just email them to the grinded podcast at gmail.com remember keep grinding and God bless you. Day of my life is such a grind.